These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to The Funniest People I Know. I'm George Kaloris, and with me today are my fabulous, funny co-hosts, Alexandria Sweat. Yeah, hello. And Abigail Williams. How's it going, everybody? Don't ask a question. Just say hi. No. How's it going, everybody? I don't know what to say to that. Joining us today is our good friend, TJ Jackson. What's going on, TJ? It's good to be back, everyone. I'm so excited to see all your faces again. This man just uh, gave his own intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so awesome. I'm amazing. It's amazing. I'm here. I love it, TJ. I love it. It's going well. Thanks for asking. Each week we kick off the episode with a round of what's making you laugh. We're each going to share a story and then we're going to pick one to dive into. Alex, what's making you laugh this week? It's so amazing. Okay. What about you, TJ? What's making you laugh? I received a false positive for a COVID test. It was hilarious. I didn't do anything all week. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was hilarious. <laughs> I laughed the whole time. I'm laughing at the case of the missing Chick-fil-A. What? What about you, Abigail? Ooh. This week, I am laughing at the never-ending Hollywood hypocrisy. Mm, I'm intrigued. Got a lot of laughs, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we call a shoe in everybody. I was just wondering if that messenger play and the Hollywood hypocrisy are somehow connected. To my knowledge, it is not connected. Oh, okay. It would be fascinating <laughs> if it was. I want to go with Chick-fil-A. I want to know what's going on here. Though I am laughing at TJ's false positive, not because <laughs> I think it's funny that you had to go through that stress, but also there's just a whole slew of things that comes when you get a false positive. <laughs> Ugh, there are so many stages of positive COVID tests. There's denial, and then there's fear, and then there's anger. Who gave it to me? Where did I pick it up from? <laughs> And then mm. there's just depression, of course, because you're lonely and you can't see anyone and embarrassment. Anybody can get COVID, TJ. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. Yeah. yeah, you're not the first one to get True. it. If you were patient zero, though, I would whoop your ass. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Mm -hmm. You did uh, this. You yes. ate that bat. I swear to you, yeah. dude. <laughs> Backyard <laughs> grill where you're trying to get all exciting for your guests. No. I can see TJ eating some bats. Like, mm, that's vegan, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, are we talking about George's? Yeah. I have to tell you a workplace story. This happened to my husband this week. The other day on the way to work, he swings by the Chick-fil-A, and he bought... Okay, pause. Wait. What? You said a gay man went to a Chick-fil-A? <laughs> yeah. What? He's a really bad gay man like that. He goes to Chick-fil-A. He doesn't decorate. He's missing that gene. Let's not call Shame. him bad. Let's call him non-typical. Non-typical. shouldn't have to decorate to be a part of the club. <laughs> Let's so, call him unethical, but whatever. <laughs> it's here, here, nor there. <laughs> you said it, not know. me i can't get in trouble for that one <laughs> luckily he doesn't listen 
So he goes uh, by the Chick-fil-A and he picks up those breakfast nuggets in the little buns, those little yeast oh, buns. Oh, the chicken minis? Yeah, yeah. That's the best they serve there. And then he got a kale salad. He often buys one of those kale salads aspirationally. I usually throw them away three weeks later, but... You're holding on to that thing for three weeks? He gets to work and then he's busy immediately. He puts them into the refrigerator. He's like, oh, I'll get that later. And he goes back hours later to get his food and he opens the bag and something is missing can you guess what is missing it better not be those chicken minis though mm, napkins they always yeah. forget napkins <laughs> no pork they took the chicken out of the buns what? So, i've so never one heard of, of that one of his co-workers what? went into the break room Went into the refrigerator, saw a bag from Chick-fil-A, opened the bag, saw the little box, pulled the box out. No. (laughs) Yeah. Opened the box. And then one, two, three, four, stole the nuggets. Removed the nuggets. Left the little buns. Oh, my God. Then closed the box. Wow. Put it back in the bag and then put it back in the refrigerator. I'm appalled, disgusted, and pissed. And impressed, because, maybe? Like, that takes a lot yeah. of balls to be like, I'm going to go into this shit yeah. and remove the protein of it, and I'm just going to leave it as if nothing happened. No, oh, no, no. The only thing to be impressed by, maybe the petty, but no, no, no. You did not take the nuggets from the buns. That is literally the best part of those bites. Also, that is a level of petty that <laughs> has to be ablaze daily, 24-7, why didn't you throw away the buns? You were trying right? to make a point. You were trying to burn this person. You're going to take the nugget from the little biscuit bun, leave the biscuit bun in the bag, in the refrigerator. You rude. That's a <laughs> Maybe they thought the yeast roll was the best part about it. And so they were like, I'm going to be half an asshole. I'm going to eat the part that anybody could get with any order. The chicken. I'll rid you of the But I'm going to nugget. leave the sugary, buttery, tender, moist yeast roll. They I'm not amazing. completely heartless. Maybe that's what this person's thinking. It's Christmas. It's Chucky. They are evil. I it's am Chucky. Kidding. Oh, my I'm gosh. <laughs> so Chris said that the bag was kind of a mess, right? It, he could tell from the look of the bag that somebody had messed with it. And so I've been wondering if someone was a little hungry, they go into the break room, they look in their refrigerator, oh, what's in that Chick-fil-A? And they see it and they think it might be some tater tots. And so they open that little box and they steal one nugget and then they, they just steal a second. They're like, I guess maybe I'm still hungry. Yeah. And next thing they know, they've eaten all the nuggets. And in that precise moment, somebody walked into the break room and they really quickly shoved everything back in the bag, back in the refrigerator, closed it and was like, oh, we're just leaving. And then like, that's it. That's and gotta I be. I think it. they got busted and that's why it ended up there because it's so freaking be. weird. This is Goldilocks gone wrong. <laughs> Goldilocks 2021 at work. This is immoral. I cannot fathom. Not throwing away the juicy. Yeah, away the bag. Exactly. Or Take off nothing. That was a message. I feel like this is like Greek of nature. This is like we're sending messages. I don't know what this message is. They're four views. That's the message. It is. <laughs> you and Abigail are being too kind and giving too much grace to this nugget bandit. That's it. So Chris wants to investigate. Should he investigate? He can look up who went into that room. Yes, I am very intrigued. I think that it takes a 
criminal mastermind to be working <laughs> like this. In the same way that I'm interested in true crime on Netflix, I want to know. I want to get into the mind of this murderer and find out why you would kill someone's joy by eating the nuggets out of their chicken minis. It's just nasty. It's like the calling card. I'm going to leave the hand of the body. That's how I feel leaving those yeast rolls. Oh, that's dark. I'm leaving the hands and the feet. Chris's investigation should go a little something like this. He buys a dozen chicken minis. He leaves them around with a cryptic message of, I know what you ate. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) On the inside of the box, I know what you did. Yes. And then it has to be like a psychological game. And eventually somebody's going to come in and collapse with a box of these chicken minis. And like, it was me. (laughs) What if he puts it in the break room, the box of chicken minis, under a box on a stick? And then they go to take it, and he pulls a rope, and he catches them. He traps the coworker. Yes. I think we should not have to do all that. He can just put a camera in there and then just watch it on his iPhone and then stream it on Facebook there's Live. Like, suddenly there's a teddy bear in the break room. <laughs> yeah. In the refrigerator. Exactly. Yeah. What if it's a gay man going to a Chick-fil-A? So what if they just didn't give him the chicken in the first place? They're I did like, not think that Chick-fil-A did this because – he was gay in the the way the story was being told, though that's possible. But what mm-hmm. I was thinking you were saying originally, George, was that Chick-fil-A took the nuggets out and gave this breakfast to the person. I didn't realize that it was, you know, they're, they're like handing related. him the order and like, wait, is that an equality sticker? And they pull the bag right back in the window. Oh, no. We'll be taking <laughs> yeah. those nuggets, sir. I don't. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just going to for the straight. Okay. I'm saying publicly on the record. I do not think that that is what happened. And I do not stand behind that theory. And that's my piece on that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. We reserve chicken for straight people only. (laughs) That has to be their new slogan. Chicken is for the straights. play a little holiday never have I ever with you all especially because we have TJ on here and I don't feel like there's much that he hasn't done (laughs) yeah talking about a man who went head first into traffic on a scooter in Europe (laughs) yes oh my god that was so scary I thought never have I ever would be appropriate for us tonight and it's a holiday version because you know a girl loves a theme we're going to keep it simple and cute first never have I ever Never have I ever re-gifted a present. Huh, I have totally done that. Definitely. I've re-gifted. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, did it. I did that this week. I, did, I was like, I did that yesterday. Yeah, I think I did it yesterday as well, actually. <laughs> Can I know? It could be anything, Alex. It could be an unopened food item that someone gave mm-hmm. me that I don't want. It could be mm-hmm. a toy that somebody gave my son that I find to be wildly annoying that I just put a bow on. It could be anything. TJ, George, what are you guys re-gifting? Oh, I don't remember, but I'm sure I have. <laughs> this week I did it with a food item that I got that I didn't want. 
But I did it with wedding gifts. I've done oh, it with yeah. Christmas gifts. I don't need this spice rack full of spices that are 50 years old. You can have it. I have <laughs> gifts that people have given me in the closet, completely unopened. And every once in a while when I'm rushing, I have, oh, I got to go to that housewarming. So do I. I go there and I just grab something. You go to the closet and, of unopened and gifts. And I stole this from Mad About You, that show from the 90s. And I have notes on it who gave it to me. So I don't re-gift it to the person oh. who gave it to me. You've taken mm. it to a level above me, and I'm stealing that from you because yeah. that is totally necessary. Yeah, yeah, I try don't to just keep a running tab in my mind, but yeah. I feel like this is some sort of top-tier life hack. <laughs> Why did I never think of this? Alex, like- nothing makes me prouder than to successfully re-gift something out of that closet. When I go in there and I'm in a pinch for time and I find something that's working, I'm like, this is everything I wanted in life. This is it. Oh, my God. You guys are brilliant. Okay. Next, never have I ever. Never have I ever privately messaged a coworker about an unrelated topic during a Zoom meeting. That's ridiculous. Everyone in the world has done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And whoever says they haven't, that's a lie. They're lying to you because yeah. they were talking about you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I have also mm-hmm. sent offline conversations during work Zoom meetings because you have to vent during mm-hmm. the Zoom meeting. Sometimes you're venting about the meeting. Sometimes you're talking about the person hosting. You guys yeah. have done it all. Here's another holiday. Never have you ever told a child that Santa wasn't real or any holiday oh. figure at that. I don't know that I have, I don't think I have. done yeah. that. I don't think I, I, I have. I think I would be willing if a child straight up asked me if they were over the age of 13, <laughs> but under the age, I'm like, no, your parents will make that call. If they're over I'm the age of 13. I'm not touching that. Not if it's not your kid. If a 47-year-old comes to me and asks, I am going to be like, what has your mother told you? Agree to disagree. The roads diverge here, but it doesn't matter because I haven't done it. Were you also afraid to let your parents know you knew the secret because you were afraid you wouldn't get gifts anymore? No, because my mom told me the first thing she told me after I was born out of the womb was the truth about. It was like, like, I won't even say it on a radio show in case a child is listening. Before she started nursing me, before I was suckling on my mother's bosom, she's like, let me just go ahead and straighten some things out for you right now. Dang. That's what it is. Were you the kid who told the other kids at school? No, I was not. While my mom felt this way for us, I was also threatened with severe discipline if oh. I told anyone else what yeah. she told me. So I don't <laughs> say she was cool about it in that way. So when other kids were like talking about Santa at school, you just roll your eyes and be like, well, I was so homeschooled, stupid. but also I wanted to be like everybody else. So I just kind of go around with it or I would just kind of be like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> like, Ooh, yeah, Santa. Yeah. So great. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Last never have I ever. Never have I ever watched netflix during the work day oh definitely. Uh, i definitely have i yeah. will allow that to include at your desk during lunch during a meeting have you ever watched netflix while at work especially during holiday season when things slow down Nobody i work with it. somebody who watches netflix non-stop at work <laughs> like she's wow. I, I can honestly it. say no but that's because i'm self-employed so when I watch Netflix is when I choose to watch Netflix. And so there is no time where that would be applicable for me. 
but I'd be willing. If I could get away with it. And my job was still being completed in a completely acceptable even exceptional form, then I'd be willing. It'd be like, really it's... rude of you to watch Netflix while teaching someone how to play the piano. Yeah, I can't imagine getting away with that. DJ, what about you? Oh, I think the last office job I had, everyone was watching Netflix on one monitor and doing their work on the other. And we would have breaks and discuss the latest episode of You right. or message each other on Teams during a meeting while watching Netflix. That's <laughs> how you get through work. I got in trouble one time for that and my last sit-down desk job. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of data entry stuff I had to do and a lot of spreadsheets I had to go through. And I wasn't really watching. It's really me just listening to a TV show or listening to a podcast or something. That helped me get through my work. And, you know, of course, like your manager wants to be a hater and come by the, you know, your desk. Like, like, mind you, I'm in a cubicle that I felt like, you know, Cinderella in my own little corner in my own little chair. Mm -hmm. And I was all blocked off. Most people didn't even know I was there unless I sneezed. <laughs> she comes around this corner and she's like so beep that's me bleeping out my HR manager's name <laughs> but like they came by and they said they don't want you on your phone watching TV they can tell okay but it's just like the F you that burns in my soul this isn't bothering you let me binge my shows I'm getting your contacts entered why do you care Thank you, guys. Thank you for playing Never Have I Ever with It me. sounds like you brought that up because you needed to work something out. This was important. <laughs> exactly. Okay? I thought I could hide it. I was trying, you know. <laughs> you think it's therapeutic for me, George. Damn. <laughs> You mentioned watching the show You. Yes. Which I've heard of, but don't actually mm -hmm. know too much about. But I hear that you have brought a writer's graveyard for us based on that show. Is that correct? Oh, yes. I don't know if it's completely in the grave just yet. because it Okay, oh, excuse me. The writer's holding room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like in the mortuary or whatever it's called. It's in uh, the morgue? The morgue. <laughs> But it's not dead. Yeah. Hmm. Wherever that girl, been buried, what morgue yeah. is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's being uh, autopsied. Okay. So. <laughs> we have Fair. destroyed this metaphor. It's being <laughs> autopsied by Frankenstein. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about you, so that those of us like me who may not be familiar with the show can really get the meat out of this piece we're about to read. I'll give you a quick rundown about Netflix's You, and then I'll tell you about how it got dead on arrival. I've discovered the show on Netflix, and it has Penn Badgley, who's amazing, who's on Gossip Girl. He is the protagonist antagonist. I guess you could call it the anti-hero. He plays basically this stalker who creeps on these women, and he follows them around, and he essentially kills him in the end so <laughs> he's like a serial killer he has these inner thoughts throughout the entire episode you know, you're in his head you're seeing it from his point of view and it's kind of weird but it has become a national phenomenon let's play a clip of the first 30 seconds of you here i think that'll give context of what you mean how there's an internal monologue that drives the show 
Hello there. Who are you? Based on your vibe, student. Your blouse is loose. You're not here to be ogled, but those bracelets, they jangle. You bite a little attention. Okay, I bite. You're not the standard insecure nymph hunting for Faulkner. You'll never finish. Too sun-kissed for Stephen King. Who will you buy? You sound apologetic, like you're embarrassed to be a good girl, and you murmur your first word to me. We are currently preparing our holiday sketch show at the writers' meeting. We're brainstorming more ideas for more sketches, and I was just like, "Well, what if there was like a parody of you, but it's like from Santa Claus's perspective? If everyone was like full throttle, yes, let's do it, write it, let's put that in the show." And next meeting, after I've slaved all night over it, we read it, and everyone's like, "I don't know, it seems creepy." So I did not make it. <laughs> Everyone was just like, he sounds like a pedophile. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what it would be. Let's let our listeners be the judge. Or Alex, who has never heard it, she can let us know. Oh, I'll let you know, TJ. I got you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I will be reading the stage direction as well as the part of Santa. George will be reading Santa's inner monologue and his thoughts. Abigail is child number one, child number two. Alex, you are playing the part of parents. Abigail, can you also do the elf? Yes. We are in a shopping mall. Santa sits on his throne with a child in his lap, reading from a notes app on their phone, yammering on and on about what they want for Christmas this year. Santa is bored as this just another boring regular child. And I want an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Nintendo, and a new liver for my daddy. Okay, that's great, kid. Now scram! Santa pushes the child off his lap and stands up, stretching his back. Owie, 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 owie. Okay, how many damn kids are left? A helper elf looks at their iPad. Just one more. Thank God, my ass is killing me. An interesting, unique child enters holding their parents' hand. We hear Santa's wry, intrigued voiceover. Well, hello there. Santa slowly sits back down, staring at the dumb and aloof child. Santa is mesmerized. Who are you? Based on the untied shoes and greasy fingers, second, no, first grade. Mm-mm. At the messy hair perfect in the mirror this morning. But the juice you spilled on yourself in the car earlier perfectly blends in with your Jojo Siwa t-shirt, which is a good look, not caring too much. The child starts picking her nose. Your socks don't match. You're not here to be ogled. But the stickers on your face shimmer. You like a little attention. Okay, I bite. Okay, next. Looking at their phone and half paying attention, the child's parent pushes them forward. The dopey child just sits on Santa's lap and stares into the distance. Your demeanor is odd, aloof, like you have no care in the world or idea what's happening, and you murmur your first words to me. Riley, go potty. (laughs) Santa half smiles, almost a little shy for this kind of talk. And if I wasn't sure before now, I know. You're teasing me. Unless... Yeah. No. I feel it now. Your warm urine seeps through your pants and onto mine. 
This it's is getting weird. Just fine. <laughs> Are we like, is he a pedophile? Or I didn't know that was the question going into this. <laughs> Are we safe? I don't feel safe right now. As Riley. Go ask for a you parody with Santa. This is what you get. Unreal. Uh, and you have been a good little boy. I've just realized I do not know the gender of this child. Or girl this year? Hell no. Well, if it isn't Mr. Wise Guy, as if they even know their own child, they do not see the good I can see in them. Surely they can speak for themselves. The child just shakes their head no. Well, surely you've been good a few times. They burned down our house. Well, accidents happen. They cheered while it happened. So you are on the naughty list. But I don't... Wait. No, I can't believe it. You're not naughty. You are misunderstood, mysterious, misconstrued, mis... The child farts on Santa's lap. I know your potential. If this was a movie, I'd teach you how to be proper, behaved, kind. But it's daytime and we're in the shopping mall that reeks of capitalism. And I'm wearing this stupid hat and suit soaked in pee. Uh, what would you like for Christmas this year? The child continues to stare into the distance. You have been delivered one of the world's deepest and most thought-provoking questions. You do not come prepared with a list like the others, or read off your premature delivered phone like all the screen-addicted torps before you. No, you hold all your wants and worldly desires in your heart where they belong. Because you are special. You are. I want. World peace? No, too basic. Clean water in Michigan? No, too difficult. Surely I cannot provide what you want, but I'll do whatever I can to make sure you will have it. The child whispers in the Santa's ear. (laughs) An AK-47? Wow, you are naughty. But why? Are you in trouble? Is someone or some thing out to hurt you? I will provide you safety. I will make sure no one hurts you. I... Don't get them an AK-47. Ho, 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 ho. I would never gift a child such an adult toy. I will make sure you get what you need. All right. It looks like the mall is about to close, so Santa needs to head back to the North Pole. The parent grabs their child by the hand and leaves. Okay, let's go. I will see you on Christmas Eve. The <laughs> end. Oh my gosh. I'm yes, still not does. settled on where we're landing. Yeah. TJ, I wish you hadn't introduced it like that. I didn't read it that way. He's too intrigued by the children from it. Like, I love the parody because I get the Jonas of this Santa. I do as a lover of you. But also, mm. because Joe is Joe, Santa cannot be Joe. And <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you might have a point. <laughs> I am fearful for these children right now. I am like, where is he going with this? It was uh, great writing, TJ. There is no doubt. About I think it's it. hilarious. I think it's a really, <laughs> it's really fucking twisted, and it's really fucking completely. Yeah, I have to thank the original writer because I was just like, I had on my monitor the script from the pilot episode of You, 
And then I had like what I was writing. And so there was like a lot of similarities uh, in dialogue. Hey, as the saying goes, steal like an artist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a parody. Maybe I do see why show. that didn't get staged. But if, <laughs> Nobody was brave enough to put this possibly be pedophilic shit on the stage. For I need a brave no director. <laughs> All right. Well, if listeners want to see the nonviolent Christmas show, tell them when they can see that, TJ. Listeners can see nonviolent Fender's holiday show on December 18th at 8 p.m. at the Village Theater. Okay, TJ, we have you here, and we want to play a game with you that we've been playing lately called 7-Up. Our version of 7-Up is a ranking game we did play last week, but felt like had to play with you on. Yes. Oh, yes. We're going to give you seven different things that are completely random and unrelated, and you have to rank them from best to worst. Okay. Okay, so... So we're going to go one by one, and I'll name a thing. You tell us where you think it'll land on your list, and then we'll go to the next one. Oh, wow. You okay. don't even know what the next thing is. You no. Just have to you kind of, you kind of rank them as they show up. Rank. Oh, yeah. wow. This is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I am Are intrigued. You Are yeah, you okay. <laughs> yeah. The first one is moving. How do you feel about moving? Moving is horrible, but... <laughs> I'm afraid to give it dead last because there'll be something like totally worse. So I guess I'll put it somewhere in the middle at four. Okay. So yeah. Abigail, you'll keep up with where he's ranking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving will be about the middle. The next one we have are STDs. Where do oh, STDs rank so on your awesome. list? I mean, like high, how high? <laughs> I love chlamydia. Number one, number one, number one. I got my you crap get chlamydia. Crap you check. get chlamydia. Oh my gosh. I mean, moving takes like forever. The SCD gets healed pretty quickly, but uh, Um, I I, I don't know um, from experience, but that may not be the case for everyone who has that. Just so you know. Oh, like, I forget straight people get HPV, so you get it forever. (laughs) You get get HPV and Chick fil A. It's a crazy world. But let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Number five. All right, so we're saying SEDs are slightly worse than moving. I, I'm fair, afraid of a fair, a fair totally statement. Worse. Okay, okay yeah. it, you, you can, can at number five, like it's just going at number five on there, like no matter what. Or did I just hear you imagine you saying that? I don't know. I think there's gonna be something worse than STDs. So I'm, I'm like a couple of things. I mean, we've only be, done two. Sure. You can yeah, move things around. You can move them around. You're not married to Oh, this. I can move things around? Yeah, yeah you can move oh. around. Yeah. Oh, then I give STDs a, a seven and oh, okay. moving six. No, leave it yeah. at five. It's way more interesting. Let's keep <laughs> going. <laughs> okay, next we have televised sports. How do you feel about televised sports? I hate televised sports. Unless it's <laughs> gymnastics. I guess it depends on the televised sport, but... I guess I'd rather sit through a baseball game than get chlamydia, so. <laughs> March life. Four or three. 
Yes. Okay. TJ's playing at a level that I never thought about playing, just assigning it its yeah. number. And, that's and like, this is why we wanted to play with TJ. Because yeah. <laughs> he knew I'd play it wrong? <laughs> no, because we knew you'd play it right. Let's keep going. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Next is Taylor Swift's scarf. Oh, my gosh. Uh, where is it? Is, I think that's America's biggest mystery right now. Absolutely. It should be true crime. It should be its own um, podcast. Right. Yeah. Besides because, uh, the missing really chicken in the mini. Yeah. That's America's greatest mystery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the B plot story to this podcast about Paris with Scarf. Yeah. Let's give I'm it number two. Yeah. Number two. How about folding chairs? Folding chairs are the worst. <laughs> they fall over so easily. <laughs> Y'all, no lie, though, as a child, I will never forget being in a folding chair, and I sat in it wrong, and my fingers got caught, <gasps> and I, I couldn't get out of it because I was in the chair, and I couldn't get my finger out because it wouldn't unfold. Oh, my God, my that's horrible. Out, that's awful. Like, I guess I can't move things around, so I guess it's worse than STDs. <laughs> yeah, would wow. you rather get chlamydia or get your finger caught in a chair? Um, the but that's chair, not the or... question. It's folding chairs. Folding chairs. Oh. <laughs> give me a number. Uh, Any I number. guess I have to give it number six, right? Because I can't. Again, you can change around. these around if you want. Oh, I can move things around. Yeah. Okay, down. I want to shift everything. Am uh, I crazy? Did we already talk about this? That we can <laughs> shift things around. Okay, yeah. shift things back, and I will put worse. I guess folding chairs. Then moving, then STDs. Folding chairs would be three, moving four, STD five, or four, five, six. No, Is that what you mean? No, S- I guess the STD would be seven, right? Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure, sure, yeah, sorry. We still have one left. So, so was, yeah. and STD moving, folding chairs, sports game, scarf. Okay. And then where do you fit the Lone Ranger in that? Oh, God. Oh, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Oh, that's the worst. Um, I uh, forgot TJ's beef with the Ranger. Um, yeah. I'd rather get chlamydia than watch the Lone Ranger. Uh, that's definitely number seven. Okay, fair. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just moving the numbers a bit. Let's keep going. So we got one left. Is that right? We have one left. So let's tell TJ yeah. where he's at. Okay. Now you have Lone Ranger at number seven. You have okay. an STD at number six. Five is moving, four, folding chairs, three, televised sports, two, T-Swift's scarf. Yep. yep. Does that still feel true? Maybe that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. okay. God, last... I'm like sweating, like for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> the last thing we have is water parks. Water parks. Ugh. I feel like you can get chlamydia out of a water park. So. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or a yeast infection, at least. For know? sure, yeast infection. You definitely get yeast infection. <laughs> White water. Cholera. Oh, oh. Yeah, as a kid, I loved water parks, but my dad was like, he's very OCD, so he always called it Yellow World because the water was yellow. <laughs> urine. Ain't no dad. Exactly. I think you saw a floating band-aid once in like Lazy River and was like, never again. You know? It's like. <laughs> floating band-aids are so disgusting. They 
Yeah. Ah, they look like so, a gag uh, uh, gag. So Sorry. where are we putting it, TJ? Where um, do you want to put it? I mean, I'd rather have Taylor Swift's scarf than, I guess, be in the lazy river with chlamydia. So, yeah, let's put it at number, number two. Because they're still fun. I would love to go around that little funnel. I know exactly right? what you mean when you say the funnel. So what yeah. we have is T-Swift yeah. Scarf is number one. Water Park, number two. Televised mm. Sports, number three. Folding Chairs, four. Moving, five. And STD, six. And the Lone Ranger coming in hot in last <laughs> place at number seven. <laughs> that is a solid list. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. That Lone Ranger know. didn't stand a chance. I tried to give you some stuff to maybe save him from the bottom, but there was no save. He never stood a chance. He never, never stood never, a chance. Never. It was it was a mean prank to play on the Lone Ranger. I'm not gonna oh, lie though. I didn't see it for Taylor Swift's scarf. Like Taylor Swift's scarf got further in this game than I thought it was. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. you see Maggie Gyllenhaal play? Like she's never heard of it at oh, all. Like I was oh, like Maggie, yeah. I know you're a better actress than that. I do not believe mm. that you've never heard of this. Can I tell you that I have not actually heard of this? Taylor Swift sings a song all too well. In the scarf, it's about a former lover who stole her scarf. People think that the song is about Jake Gyllenhaal and fans. It is about Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) And and the Swifties think that Jake Gyllenhaal still has the scarf. And I think some people have seen him in the scarf. And Uh rumor has it that his sister Maggie Gyllenhaal has the scarf, but Maggie's pretending like she's never even heard of the scarf. But it's like, Maggie, how have you not heard of the scarf? I've heard of the f***ing scarf, and it's not my brother who's accused of having it. Yeah, that it's feels far-fetched to me that Maggie wouldn't know. There's no way Maggie doesn't know this. Oh, she totally knows. This is bigger than Pizzagate. I didn't even realize all of this was going on. Mm-hmm. I had heard there was a song around Jake Gyllenhaal, but I didn't understand that it was a scarf heist involved. Yeah, there's a hard yeah. scarf heist. The lyrics go, oh, when I left my scarf at your sister's house. And everyone's like, well, the song's about Jake Gyllenhaal. He only has one sister, Maggie. <laughs> so, therefore, she left the scarf at Maggie Gyllenhaal's house. And, but, like, Maggie's pretending like she knows no one in the world would text her and be like, hey, Maggie, do you have this girl's scarf? Yeah, Nobody we've been talking about it for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She's like, no, I've never heard of it. Which she tells knows. me she knows exactly where the f***ing scarf is. She knows where it is. She probably yeah. has it framed somewhere. Right. She ain't giving it back mm-hmm. ever. There was a paparazzi photo of Jake wearing the scarf. So he could possibly also have it. They trade. They switch out every other Sunday yeah. for brunch. They're, they're close like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your turn to wear the scarf, girlfriend. Here you go. <laughs> This has been another episode of Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our friend TJ for joining us this week. Yay! Oh. <laughs> My pleasure. I like how you tried to do that, though, TJ. I got that. Yeah. Make sure to oh. check out the Nonviolet Offenders holiday show, Elf on a Shelf, Eyes Wide Open, on Saturday, December 18th at Village Theater. I'll have a link to the tickets in the show notes. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. Thanks, Jane. Thank you, Jane. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.